Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, we are grooving to the sounds of the entertainment tonight. Uh, original. Uh, original. The original song. I love that song. And we're doing that because we're very excited for our podcast here today, which is also being live streamed on Facebook with Lisa Gibbons. Yay! Thank you. And of course... To our studio audience there. Yes. Very nice. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for the blast from the past. When I hear that song, I just know it's Liberty News time, and it like it triggers <laughs> something like deep down in me, like watching that with That's my mother. Right. Something when I was hormonal. Down, I was like, <laughs> yeah, your I mother. Gotta, are these things we don't really need to hear about? I gotta, <laughs> I gotta see this. She loved the show, and I would always watch it with her. And I, I've been, a, and now I do this for a living because I was like, I love the show. So it's so nice to finally meet you. So that's a really cool story. And you know, there's so many people that do have. Really fond memories. I mean, the show's a powerhouse. Yeah. Oh, huge. Yes. Testament the fact that it's you know still the the granddaddy of all of them. Um, but it was a different time when when entertainment news was gathered differently. Yeah. You had time. Sure was. To do something right. Unlike those posers at Access Hollywood. Am I right? Am I right? Stop it, Gino. (laughs) Going right into the disses of the competition. Ah, Come on, Lisa's here. We got to give her some love. Gino. Now, Lisa, you were on you were on the show for. 16 years? Yeah, I worked at Paramount for a long time. I'm so grateful for that time. And uh, then when I started doing my talk show, the... Um, the Lisa Show. The Lisa Show. Which was, was the, also fabulous. Thank you. We shared a stage wall with E.T. So I would do... I remember I did the Blockbuster Countdown. I would do E.T. I did like a Hollywood Confidential. And then I'd go do my talk show and um, and nurse a couple of babies along the way. <laughs> and uh, did you do those... The, do those nursing those nursing experiences while you were on the air? <laughs> we did our entire production around the feeding schedule for the kids. That's fantastic. Lucky, lucky. And I tell you to this day. And you have day, three kids, right? I have three kids. And to this day, I think that if corporate America would give women more flexibility with our jobs and would support what we need first, then we will give everything. We do anyway. But if we'd feel good about our kids are okay and now, okay, our parents are okay, then you know, they, they would be able to get, we would give blood. Well, and it would enable so many more women to be in the workforce, to grow in the workforce. And, um, you know, unfortunately though, I'm not sure that these things are going to happen in the next few years. Well, you know, um, I think that I was very blessed for sure. Um, but I, I, I believe that the things we care about now's the time, you know, get engaged, Support the causes that you care about. Fight for the things that you believe in. And I think that we all need to be tied to our resiliency and be radical about it because, 
you know, that's how we define or redefine ourselves as as Americans. And we always have another chance, another moment to do it. Right. You know, people got to realize that this is just one moment in time. But, you know, before we stay in the presence, let's just go back again, because we were we were talking about your time at Entertainment Tonight and on the Lisa show and how celebrity news was different. But, hey, I mean, celebrity news was so powerful then and it's even more powerful now. Like talk about a, a, a genre that just kind of keeps adapting to the times. And it must be really interesting for you because when you were when you were doing that, um, primarily your guests, your news would have been about movie stars, television stars. And the world has so changed. I mean, reality that was pre-reality TV pretty much. It was definitely. I remember the first reality show that I think I covered was Who Wants to Marry a Multimillionaire? And I Me. very incorrectly and very famously <laughs> said, oh, that- Bonnie, come on. You got your own money. What are you doing over here? <laughs> I'll take mine and, uh, and some of his, too. You know, I love how she just went right in there. That's real for her, isn't it? I'll take mine and his. <laughs> yeah. She's got the editor and she's got money. Bonnie, Bonnie's doing fine. <laughs> she doesn't need no man money. Well, it, she- it has changed. And, and, um, Reality stars, you know, it used to be that you would have to go through a show like ours to break news. And now everybody breaks their own news, which is really super cool. Yes. Um, but but there's a seat at the table for everybody. We just change chairs. That's what I think. Well, that's an interesting way of, of explaining it. Because, you know, a lot of people have had a hard time adapting and don't think that reality stars are true Hollywood stars. And of course, here at Hollywood Life, we completely disagree. We completely believe that Kim Kardashian deserved to have a gold star on the walk of a fame, the Hollywood Walk of Fame, right? Didn't yeah. she have a hard time? They didn't she, want she, her to she, have she, one because she, she was a, a reality star. Well, we need them to be stars because honestly, when we write stories about Jennifer Lawrence, it doesn't get, doesn't do much for us. Like, movie stars aren't the same celebrities they once were. They've lost a little bit of status, at least well, as far as what our audience is interested in. Even if they are accessible and intimate and marketing directly to viewers? Is it still a different wall? Is it just a wall up or is it just that they I think can- there is a wall because I, I think when you're a movie star, you have a little bit, your persona isn't based around doing things in public, right? Like you have this career that you're protecting a little bit your privacy and the, the reality stars are giving us more access. And so people are just more interested. Well, I think, I think that's an interesting uh, point of change because I think when you were doing Entertainment Tonight and Lisa, people felt like they needed to be mysterious celebrities, didn't they? Well, and that increased box office. It increased marketability. And so you go where the money is, go where the marketability is. I happen to think the public is never wrong. Sometimes we as a a public will misstep, but I think the the pendulum always swings where it needs to be. Um, And you either, look, it's you either adapt or die, right? And there's, as a celebrity, I mean, as as anything, right. as a business that's leader, true. as a politician, as a mother, um, that's it. So if you're a successful person, you don't fear change. You figure out a way to change the fear. And I, I think that's, that's a good phrase. Saying. I like that. You don't fear change. You figure out a way to change the fear. That's great. Lisa Miyagi yeah. over here. Just give him wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> wisdom. <laughs> no, but that's really that good right wisdom. Speaking of yes. change, let's talk about the big change that's happened in this country because Donald J. Trump was just elected president. This is a man you know. You were the winner of the Celebrity Apprentice. Woohoo. Um, he never said. And only the second woman. To win. Yeah, That's he right. never said, Lisa, you're fired. You never got to hear those words from him. But uh, some some people will be getting, there's going to be some changes. Some people will be getting fired for real. <laughs> it's not it's not just the game anymore. What was your experience with the Donald on that show? I mean, did you have any inkling that this was the man who would become the 
45th president of these United States of America? Good question, Gino. I think that since we had heard Donald Trump um, flirt with candidacy before, that it for me personally, it wasn't a huge shocker when he mm-hmm. announced. Um, I, th- I think, and this is not my position, but just as a layperson observer, it seems that um, even people on his team were surprised that how quickly it caught on and yeah. the nerve that he was able to a- attach his message to um, in America you know, which which you decide may or may not be attributed to his brilliance to get it as I will tell you this in the boardroom as a reality star, because you say I know him. I just know him in that context, mm-hmm. which is he, contrived. Right. Yeah, it's a yeah, contrived yeah. context. So, yeah, that, I mean, TV is no. real. What? Reality shows aren't. I mean, there's producers behind the scenes faking things. That's one of the most no. pure ones on television. I tell you that. Really? Very, very pure. Not that's not one of those suggested realities. It's real. What you saw was what really happened. So the will so, of the Trump was was re- he was really making those decisions. It wasn't like the producers were like, "Let's fire this person and keep this no. person because it'd be good for ratings." No, no. no. So he's very but, he was very instinctive about being able to see people and know how to get them pitted against each other, which is great reality, right? Right. But now, did you actually spend time with him when the cameras were off? Or are you saying that most of your interactions with him were when the camera was on? So we saw pretty much everything that happened between you guys. But I think, yes, in my case, yes. But I think that we see... I think that he shows himself in real time, don't you? I mean, I don't like I've done press conferences with him or, um, you know, the Critics Association kind of junket type settings with him. And uh, I think he's consistently who he is. So when the cameras are off, it's what you saw is what you get when the cameras are off, too. For, for during my experience, yes. And but did you feel like did you have any idea of when you were doing The Celebrity Apprentice that Donald Trump could be president? Well, no, no, no. <laughs> never entered your mind. No, um, I did not. I must say, if I were that kind of a prognosticator, I may be in the cabinet right now. <laughs> and did you see, did you like ever say to yourself, these are presidential qualities that I'm seeing here? Just as you said, Bonnie, that we have redefined what it means to be a celebrity. Mm-hmm. I think we are in a time where we're pivoting and looking at, you know, maybe the public is, is, redefining what it means clearly to be um, to be presidential and, and I have presidential material. I think that whatever side of this um, election that that you were on or are could continue to be on, the mirrors cracked for us. It's like we don't see who we thought in ourselves. We we have to redefine who we are. And I think this is a moment where we have to understand how we got here and um, you know understand wh- where we are, how we got here before we can begin to move forward. So I think that the the that's where we are. It feels to me like that's where we are. And maybe we can all step forward uh, as consensus builders. And, and I think he's got to lead us on that. You think what? Well, I think he's got to lead us on that, on being a consensus builder and embracing everybody. Because I think the great fear that people have right now is that he's only going to embrace the Gary portion BC. of the portion of the public that voted for him and not the others. Yeah. So I think he's the one who's got to lead that embrace. Now, did you see um, other qualities about him that you saw that you thought were, you know, wonderful qualities? Donald Trump has often said that he believes the strongest point aspect of leadership is winning. Um, well, he sure said that all through the campaign too. Right. Yeah. And so, um, 
Now, that's something that I don't necessarily agree with, but I think he has been consistent with it. And to your point, um, you know, he feels strongly that to lead our country, we have to have someone who is a self-described winner. Um, you know, I, I think that that is that's what he's put out there all along. I read The Art of the Deal way back in the day because I love to read books that are instructive. and um, Which he didn't write. And, 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 the, and the author actually renounced his time with Trump on that book and said if he had to do it over again, he would not. And but he, I guess some of his ideas were his ideas expressed the, by the writer, the author, we would assume. The author of that book has even renounced all of the residual checks that he oh, gets really? to business day, has refused to accept them. That's funny. So, but yeah. Um, but, I heard, but, it's, but what did the art of the deal? Though, right? yeah. well, Lisa, what did you learn from the art of the deal? Well, you know. Growing up in business and and running my own businesses, um, I do have some similarities in terms of, you know, he liked to keep his schedule very flexible. Um, I like that. I I like that, too. And um, whoever authored the statement that was in the book, uh, which is, you know, the best way to prepare. He gave it a proof. He gave it a proofread. I'm sure. (laughs) I mean, he he gave it a once over. (laughs) Come on. You know. Okay, so whoever prepared. Well, I want to hear. The best way to prepare for the next moment is to be really present in this one. And. That just sort of stuck with me that, you know, I think it's easy to spend our lives future focused, which is super cool. But um, but when we're not available and present, we miss our power. We miss the power. So you think that he's very much in the present. That's why he doesn't have future plans, like hasn't figured out what his plans are going to be for certain issues or how to replace healthcare because he's not in that moment he's yet. A, he's a Jedi. He's a Zen master. He's staying. I like that. Stay in the moment. Live in the moment, right? Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, Donald Trump, or had it been Hillary, whoever is in that seat is facing unprecedented numbers of an aging population. That is very true. The numbers of people, boomers are, are 10,000 of us are turning 65 every day. Wow. That's a yeah. huge political faction. And it brings with it so many challenges on the healthcare scene. It brings challenges on the economic scene, uh, on the social scene of how we manage that culture. It's different. I mean, and and it comes at a time when we also have increased chronic illnesses and we also have and people live te- longer, yes. but live longer with chronic illnesses and technology. So that's an interesting opportunity for the person in that seat and those of us who care about these things to turn the heat up. And Right. And I think that boomers and seniors, a lot of them voted for him. So they're part of his constituency. Now, this is an area that is true to your heart. You're very involved in caregiving. It's National Caregiver Month. Yes, it is. November is the time when we kind of look at how do we support, how do we honor, how do we even recognize, Bonnie, those daughters like me, the sons, the husbands, the wives, the family members who show up to provide $470 billion of unpaid care. I mean, we as caregivers provide more than twice as much as is spent on in-home companions and nursing homes combined. So that's that's a significant part of what's going on in, in healthcare. So I'm all about let's educate and support those people. No one gives you a card. It's not like you get a congratulations card when you become a caregiver. Like when you're like the sweet 16 or yeah, it's a little you know, college grad, no one says, um, let's throw a party. It's your first day. The rest of your life is a caregiver. No. And you know, and it, and as you said before, we don't get time off from work to do this, not paid time off or very few of us do. It's really something that I think um, we began a conversation with Obama. We had our first 
um, Alzheimer's plan. We began to hear the conversation about caregiving. Um, it's actually one of the things that I believe Donald Trump um, pre-campaign was focused on caregiver rights, especially for veterans' spouses. So um, I hope there is a chance for some for some movement there because, look, it's a depleting thing, and um, people can erase 10 years off their life just for showing up to take care of someone. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. That's, that is unacceptable, and that's something that is 100% within our control to change. And you're also very involved in Alzheimer's research, aren't you? I am. You know, I started my foundation to support the psychosocial side of it and not the research side of it. But um, I've, I've recently completed a report on a new diagnostic test at Cedars-Sinai where they can look at your eyes, just like you're getting an eye exam. Mm-hmm. And usually they can't really dis, um, diagnose Alzheimer's until an autopsy, like until after death. They know what the hallmarks of the disease are. But this way they can look 20 years in advance before there are any symptoms. Oh, my God. Well, I think I need to get that <laughs> test. Like, That's I'm not, really I'm scary. I'm not all here. And it's in my family, too. You <laughs> is know? it in your family? Really? Would, yeah, you, would you take the test? I would absolutely take the test. But what thing is, what can you do? Are, uh, now, aren't there some things you can do about your lifestyle, diet, health, fitness that can help? Delay it or kale, perhaps Bonnie, put kale. it off. You just have to eat kale. Oh, I'm kale phobic. No, but I, I read. Goji, but I did read something. I read something that there is some breakthrough that they've learned. If you that there are habits that you can change or take on that could help uh, put off Alzheimer's. You're right. You can delay. We believe the onset of symptoms through modifying behaviors, and that's what's cool about this test. So let's say you scan it, and on your retina they show the same plaques that show up in the brain with Alzheimer's. And then you spend six months meditating. They can look again. Did the meditation decrease the plaques? Or you you rearrange your diet or you get more, better exercise, you oxygenate your brain differently. Um, or you're in a scientific protocol and you're taking an experimental drug. You get to look and see. That's the reason to take the test because otherwise I think everybody would be like, no, thanks. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? You can't yeah. affect it. Why? Exactly. But so what do we do? What do we do? Do we work out? Yes, everything. <laughs> Tell good, us what to do. Everything that's good for your your heart is good for your brain, and there's no magic bullet. And it's the stuff we've always heard. Other than I think there is more focus on mindfulness, and more focus on um, on respite. So when I look at caregivers, we're what they call the worried well. You know, we're the ones next in line. And so we know stress. That's grim. That's a grim thought. <laughs> the, right? I'm, fine. I'm fine, but that's yeah, that time I know. It sort of sounds like Walking Dead. <laughs> Maybe we should produce that show. It's a slow march to my own grave, and I'm just going to realize and that. And we'll forget about it before we get there. So, okay, but it, the <laughs> my, now- my health is only foreshadowing my imminent death. <laughs> well, that's kind of true, though, isn't it? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, you, so now that you put it that way, yes, that is true. Doesn't but, sound like if you worry about it, it doesn't make it better. Stress is the enemy here. And here, okay. here's but the is op- it stressing about everything or just stressing about that? Well, not being a doctor, I'm not <laughs> sure that I can answer that. But, but I know that if you have a brain, people think, oh, I, it's not my family. I'm not at risk. If you have a brain, you're at risk. And I know that sounds daunting. But the point is, if we 
honor our journey, which is what I always tell caregivers, you know, rest, replenish, recharge, reflect, take respite. These are things that are not, um, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, you know, I'm a type A, I'm going to charge ahead. You can't because you'll deplete. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. But is that, that applies to everybody in life, everybody. right? So in terms of your life, you need to give yourself time to get some rest, reflection, workout, all you're, of these things. Rest, sleep. Right, getting rest, right. Bonnie. This is about you. Something <laughs> about you. Workaholics. Workaholics I Anonymous, know, Bonnie. I never I'll, get enough sleep. Do I need to have an intervention with yes, you? Yes. This is, Bonnie, the, we didn't tell you about this. This is your intervention. <laughs> I'm here. Lisa it's a new show I have show been talking about this for weeks. Listen, <laughs> bring in the rest of the family really, members yeah. now. <laughs> Lisa, bring in the eye scanner. Where's the eye scanner? It's for, for Bonnie. Where is it? Bonnie, look no, into that camera right there. This but is actually. I, but I, I, I like the idea that if you work out and you eat pretty healthy and probably you shouldn't smoke right correct but but here's the sleep thing because you're avoiding that sleep topic aren't you <laughs> yes yeah, i is. try to you, get your sleep. brain can't restore without the sleep and lack of sleep makes you fat right i'm worried yep, i think yep. that's the problem i have <laughs> You want to, you, you always want to go out pet people with their vanity when you're get, trying to get their health. Don't scare don't, them right into don't, it. Tell, yeah. don't tell them about brain plaque that they can't see. Be, let's be like, bring, let's bring in the full length mirror and tell Bonnie to get is, naked. This is, <laughs> yes. bad, right here live on bad, Facebook live. Bad sleep goes straight to your hips. That's what you gotta say. Right? <laughs> That's another good phrase along with changing your fear. You got to fear. No, instead of fearing change, you have change to change the fear. The fear. And, and turn the fear into what I did for myself was I said, okay, I'm afraid because we're all afraid of something. Um, asking for a raise, speaking to the PTA, getting out of a bad relationship, right. whatever it is. Well, I, mean, I could use a raise, by the way. That's <laughs> You're not I'm, afraid I'm, at all. No, though. He's no. obviously since not. You, so that's you, not his since, problem. Since you mentioned that. Do you want Sorry. me to put some more <laughs> fear into him? Yeah, please. <laughs> Send him to the eye scanner. Line. Sorry, please continue. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. There are contacts for your uh, people like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm beyond help. I didn't know the Donald Trump part was going to be the uplifting part of this podcast. <laughs> we are all... Bonnie, when am I going to die? Well, is that where we're going? The thing is, Donald's 70. So do you think he's concerned about um, caregiving and about you know, his future, like maybe he will invest in research for Alzheimer's and well, in I caregiving. So. And he never seems to remember what credits. he said. <laughs> well, that's true. You know? That's a very good point. He doesn't yeah. remember. He has no way. He's, always, he's always like, I never said that. <laughs> and they're like, here's maybe your, it's real. Here's your Twitter, Donald. He did say that. <laughs> his father actually had Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, really? That's true. Yeah, yeah. And I hope that, um, that he will find this to be a significant area worthy of his attention because it is affecting a large number of um, the population. It is. So we have to it's cure a, this. It's, it's such an ugly it, disease. No, but that's that's an extremely good point. And the fact is that there are something like 70 million baby boomers and a certain percentage are going to get Alzheimer's. And even if they put stave it off for years through healthy habits, it's still an issue. So It's a crisis, I would say. It's a moral yeah, crisis. The early this many onset, people. people in their 40s, even in their 30s are, are showing symptoms now. And and I hope we get to the point where we don't stigmatize people and label them, but we do like like what happened with HIV AIDS or with cancer. Like you're living with it and it doesn't have to mean a death sentence, which right now it is 100% fatal all the time. Yeah. I and know. on that up note, I'm happy to bring free <laughs> poly sunshine for you. <laughs> I don't know. The only thing I can do at a time like this is just bring up a little Justin Bieber. What else? What else do we have? Going? Well, you know, let's just talk. Let's let's talk again about the celebrity world because you met 
I mean, I'm st- sure you still meet all kinds of celebrities. Who is? Who, can you think of your very favorite celebrity interview or subject? Like, who is super interesting and fun? I think he's one of everybody's favorites. He is still doing what he loves most. He is a global pop culture icon for the ages. Can and we guess? Can he we was guess? the cute one. Oh, was it George Clooney? Paul McCartney. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, okay. I don't remember George Clooney's time in a boy band. But <laughs> well, I didn't hear the boy band part. The cute one. The cute one. Yeah, oh, the, oh, he's the cute one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, so, so Paul McCartney's a great interview. What makes him great? When I was pregnant with my daughter um, and I was, I was working on E.T., Mary Hart and I were actually pregnant at the same time. And I was about six months pregnant, and um, I got an assignment to go to England to interview Paul McCartney. Were you nervous about interviewing Paul McCartney? Oh, I was excited. Um, I, they, the show was nervous about me being on a plane because this was before everybody had a baby bump and everybody's right. having their babies. It was like right. it, it kind of at the cusp of us really normalizing that pregnancy is not a disease. It's not, we're not sick. We're just right. Pregnant. It was, I remember like when yeah, Katie Couric and Jane preg- Polly were pregnant, right. it was right, such yeah. a big deal. Big Those deal. were the morning hosts on the today show at the time. So I get to, but we have since come up with a cure for pregnancy. Isn't that true? <laughs> we've, er- we've eradicated it. No, we've just made it really sexy. It is. It's, it's like hot now. That's the yeah, cure. We made it hot. The bare bump. Everyone does the naked photograph. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. You, you were going to be. Okay. Paul that, McCartney. But back then, um, like I remember being sewn into a dress for the Oscars and it was scandalous. It's like, oh my God, she's so pregnant. <laughs> when now you're right. Yeah. It is the thing. But I go to, I go to England. I'm at his recording studio. He comes out and kneels down to my pregnant belly and cups his hands and starts singing She Loves You. Aww. She loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just running that song into the ground. Isn't oh my he? gosh, it was the <laughs> sweetest <laughs> thing ever. Paul's been, he, that's like one of his first hits that he wrote. Oh yeah. And he's it was yeah. a moment. Wow, was what a, a that's did incredible. He, did he know you were pregnant before you came? Like had he been prepping that or was he just like acting on the We had no social media at the time. <laughs> I, I guess I could have faxed him. Maybe there were, <laughs> you think about what an innocent time it was. This was 1989. That was, anybody listening like, what? You weren't born in 1989, but there was actually entertainment <laughs> there, news. That's right. There was media and uh, there were celebrities then. It was just for all you, uh, different. Fa- all you podcast listeners and Facebook live viewers. Now, and was he, but in terms of an interview, was he open? Was he fun he and sharing? He was funny. He was warm. He's down to earth. He was generous. And I think that that's really interesting. When you look at people who get to stay a long time at the dance, they're typically generous of spirit. They understand that they're giving <laughs> and they're getting. They're giving you something. They're getting something. And it's a relationship. Right? right. Exactly. You are in relationship with someone and you're responsible for what you bring to the table. I remember seeing an Oprah show one time. There was a woman that was in a coma and she talked about knowing when she came out of the coma, obviously they were interviewing her. She said she knew when certain energies of people came into the room. Wow. We bring our intention with us. And that's kind of important for us all to remember right now. Well, yeah. And just getting, I think that I, I agree. I think it's like really important for us to know now because we have to keep our as much energy positive as possible in this uh, kind of uncertain time. Um, in terms though of, of celebrity interviews, is there somebody who was like just very different that you, or did you find that mostly people seem like they were on screen, like what their personas were? 
it was probably the beginning of, um, of, of people allowing that because remember, um, there was a show you guys called Moonlighting. Um, that oh, was, yes. That was with uh, Bruce Willis and, and Sybil Shepard. Right. And it was the beginning of kind of, is that their persona or is that for real? And, um, you know, and it was bef- it was like about the whole Seinfeld of it all where um, where people began to kind of embrace who they were off screen. This was the beginning of all that. So I was just incredibly lucky. I, I did an interview with Rock Hudson. When um, and he was like a real famous Hollywood icon, like marquee, uh, you know, movie idol type, right? And he was the the original kind of OG movie idol. And um, when he was doing one of the primetime soaps, um, Dynasty, and um, he it had just come out that he had AIDS, and he'd had that kiss scene with the actress Linda Evans, and. Um, I remember just it being... And people were freaked out about that because people didn't know how contagious or non-contagious AIDS was at that time. There was an awful lot of unknown and prejudice at that time. We were all freaked out. And, um, and, and, And I look at... And that that was an interesting turning point for media, the way media covered an event, um, for the way people received it and for how we decided as a country to deal with fear and to deal with discrimination. And, you know, I think we can be proud of that journey because it was, it, 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 it was something that happened as a result of, um, of exposure and of education. Do you think Lisa, um, I think Amorosa had a role in Trump's campaign. Do you think that he's going to tap you for a job in his administration? I mean, maybe to work on... Do you have my phone? Can I check? See if right now. <laughs> I mean, maybe to work in, in, in this area of, of how to uh, take care of our elderly and, and improve health care. You never know. Like, has- Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. I wouldn't be surprised. He seems to like to go to people that he knows already. I would be very honored to serve, um, regardless of it being Trump, whoever is in that office. I feel that my my life path and my personal mission is to be of service in this area, and uh, that would be an incredible opportunity. Open to it. Yeah, we've got it here, okay? We broke the news here. Well... We wish you all the best in everything that you do. I'd love it for you to be in his administration. I mean, I think he needs more people like you who really care well, and uh, have got big hearts and also have Dip- ideas. Yes, diplomats well, right? and ideas You're very kind. for solutions. I would bring Lifeline Medic Alerts for everyone to wear so that we could keep tabs on everyone's health. Right, those are the devices that, be- that if you have a problem, you just you press the button, yeah, right? They- Right. So I think that that way we can make sure that everyone's getting the support they need. Part little little um, gifts for. I like it. You like it, don't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Trump could wear one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. Oh, we definitely need Trump to wear one. <laughs> yeah. You guys are brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should wear one. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one. <laughs> it's fashionable. It's fashionable. Lisa, thank you so the much best. for coming to join My us, pleasure. and thank the best so of luck to you thank in everything you. you do. And you too. 